past few weeks we've been talking about um, different areas in our life you know like uh, we started out with our need to have a refresh you know and and what that looked like in our life and that a lot of times that our need for a refresh stemmed from our lack of self-control in different areas of our life and that can look like any and everything and and so we just we kept layering in how those kind of dominoed with one another and that self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit and that when we stand in this and when we stand firm in who we are, then it's not us running, it's the enemy that has to flee. Amen. That this power that we sing about, the power that we read about, and the power that we know to be within us is stronger and more dynamic than any force that will ever come before us. Amen. And it's a constant refresh, right? And so if God is limitless, then that means that our ability for Him to work within us is limitless. And that our conditions and our circumstances don't determine who we are. And so then even the last couple of weeks, I think we talked about resist. You know, that our ability to just resist starts to stand up a little bit more whenever we're exercising the fruits of the Spirit that actually come before self-control, which are if we 
we likened it to that if we're just a little bit more gentle with ourselves, that if we treated ourselves a little more kind, that if we if, that if we had this patience with ourselves, then maybe our need to stretch this self-control muscle wouldn't be as needed. It wouldn't be as stretched. Maybe our refresh button would kind of get a little break, and we would just operate a, operate out of knowing who we are. And so tonight, I want to talk about a word that I think a lot of times for me kind of gets me buzzed up a little bit, and it's this word "obey." We just have this natural resistance in us, don't we? You know, obey me. Who are you? You obey me. You know? And I can't help, man. I, I just got to share this because whenever I, whenever I hear that word, it reminds me of my, my dad, my granddad, um, singing this old hymn. You know, trust and obey. You remember that? Yes. Trust and obey, for there's no other way, come on, to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And then if someone unpacked that and said, well, what does that look like, Bilbo? I mean, okay, to be happy in Jesus, to trust and obey, How? You know, it mean, the word obey means that we want to comply. That there's actually a directive given and at that moment I get a chance to either say yes or no, right? And sometimes I'm thinking about it or sometimes I may and a lot of us at times will say, man, I'm just a rule follower. And I, I do get tickled at when we say that because <laughs> we really do just follow the rules that we want to. You know, I don't have to go any further in the speed limit, right? That's just a suggestion. That's a suggested speed limit. And so the thing is, is that a lot of times when we start living rigorous life with one another, especially folks that we're living life with that are in transition, that have maybe gotten themselves in places where I have been and don't want to go back to, but have to listen to folks at times that tell me to obey what they're saying because they know best for me at the time. And those people, what they're doing is they're a bridge to the one that knows me better than I know myself, and that's God. So listen to what Pop said earlier. He's in this setting, and he hears the voice of God after landing on Billy Graham. He hears his voice. He hears this inner, so he's listening. And at that moment, gang, he had a choice. He had a moment to decide whether that was in the beer. Or if that was for real. He had a chance to obey that voice that hearkened to Him. He had a chance. He had a decision to make. Do I decide? Do I obey? Do I believe this voice that's coming to me right now? And His was yes. And so many for us have said no in our journey. And so for all of us that have said yes to Jesus, and so now the obeying starts looking different, right? You know, I've said it in here a lot. I, I can go into any worship barn in any city, in any state, in any country, and it won't take me long to tell you what the unwritten rules are. How that particular group of people wants you to obey what's going on in their barn. 
that you have to act a certain way in order to hang out with that certain group of people. I just don't see that here, gang. I just don't see that here. If we're all the same, then there's no need for the body that makes up the different parts. Right? And so I'm thankful that you get that. That you understand that your uniqueness and how you obey, how you hear, how you listen, how you decide determines how you'll comply with the next steps that God's given you. And so the thing is, is that most of the time, I, want, I do want neither hands or just we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth here. Because the thing that we are continuing to desire to be, I read it this week and I've shared it with as many people that will put their eyes on it. You are mentors for people in the marketplace. That, that's our heart for you. Is to mentor you in the marketplace. Therefore, you are mentors in the marketplace. That whoever comes before you, gang, you are a mentor to them. It's huge. But you, in the obedience of that, now that's not such a dirty word. That's an empowering word, right? I'm operating with authority here. Right? And so the thing is, is that in your obedience, do you believe that you obey next steps more out of fear or more out of love? Great answer. And where's the fear coming from? Is there a fear in, in your steps in obedience to God? Is it ever fearful? Come on, gang. You're in a safe place. For some of us, it's Yes. And so therefore, then I would get the chance to ask you, what do you base that fear on? Because if we're seeing that He's a good, good Father, then I'm employing and complying with something that's not of Him. Amen. That's not the correct who. Remember that a couple of weeks ago? We Dr. Seussed it. Who is the who that's driving me to the what? So if everything about the Father is good then why am I operating any time ever out of obedience of fear? It's always out of love. If it's ever out of obligation or out of duty, don't do it. That's why I believe so many things would get, they really would, they would get left undone. And there's folks in this room right now that know at a, at a level way deeper than I do how things are getting left undone because they're living life with folks that are in transition and need emergency shelter. Look at one. Boom. Where's your bride? I mean, most of you are. Most of you in this room. Boom. Most of you in this room at one point or another have lived life with someone that was in need of emergency shelter. Right? And you know that's the one thing that's most lacking in this city. And so that's why we're getting this campaign. We're being obedient. We're hearing the voice of God and when he, we really are taking it serious when He says, take care of those who can't take care of themselves for the moment. Okay. We get to do that. But yet, if you're doing it out of fear, don't do it. You will grow weary. Because you're going to grow weary when it's your passion. 
So link arms in this. So obey. So, so Christ even stripped Himself of it. In Philippians 2, if you go back and read that, He says that He stripped Himself of divine privileges. Obedient unto God. So that has to be unpacked. Right? You want to unpack that with me? How was Jesus <laughs> obedient? It's enough of that. How was Jesus obedient to God. We're going to unpack that. Because has anyone ever thought, did Jesus ever have a choice to obey or not? Go with your first gut answer. Hands up if you thought He does not have a choice. There's some. Does Jesus have a choice? Did Jesus have a choice to obey? Amen. 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 We don't have to go any further than when He was drug out into the wilderness, right? When the enemy says, hey, you do this, I'll do that. He was quid pro quo in him big time. Jesus always in that moment, when you go back and look, when He was traipsing with Him in the wilderness, who did Jesus point the enemy back to? Every time. Every time Jesus pointed back to the Father, Abba, Daddy, the Source, the Strength, the Resurrector. Then the enemy flees. How many of those deals do we make? Father, I'll obey You if this happens. I'll do this. The order's way out of whack, gang. <laughs> we start trying to cut deals with God the Father. And I know, he, I do really believe at times He's just giggling. He's just like, man, that's a good one there, Bibbo. That's creative. That's really good. You got real creative on that one. Yeah, shocker there. We're not going to do that. I want you to listen to me. You see, because I know you better than you know you, Bivo. Listen to me. Obey me. Comply with me. Hear me. Listen to me. Then decide. We're going to get to John 6. Go ahead and get there. Go to John 6. John chapter 6. And before we dive into that piece there, there's quite a bit that's been going on in, in Jesus' life in this. He, um, he's been at a wedding. He's been, it was His first reported miracle, right? When He turns the water into wine. And I just I, I love this. I love having fun with these scenes. So, check this out. So, you know, you're hanging out with Jesus and maybe you weren't invited to the wedding at Cana and, and so it's the next day. Okay? And they're no different than us, gang. If they hadn't have been around Him, they say, hey, what was going on? What did you get into last night, bro? Now, they may not have said bro, but I don't know what the Greek word is for that, but I'm pretty, you know. But they fist pumped and said, Jesus, what did you get into last night, man? Jesus, you know, he said, "Ah, I went to a wedding." He wouldn't have faked it with us, you know. He said, "Did you didn't get the invite?" <laughs> so I was at a wedding. Oh, really? How was that? Well, it's kind of crazy, really. It's kind of 
kind of fun, kind of funny, really. So my mom kind of got on to me there for a little bit. She came in, got on to me. My mama. Can you imagine Jesus saying my mama? But he did. He would have had to answer that way. My mama came in and told me, wanted me to start doing some stuff, and I had to shoo her away because I told her it wasn't my time. I'm obeying the Father. I'm listening to Dad. It's his mama. Guys, go, are you serious? What did she want you to do? Well, man, they ran short on that wine. It was guzzling that stuff, boy. They were throwing it down. He said, but I flipped them upside down. I made the best they'd ever had. I made the best they'd ever had. And they wondered where it came from. But I, shh, it ain't my time. I'm listening to Daddy. I'm hearkening. I'm complying with Father. <laughs> A few days later, I mean... Jesus, you get to walk around with him. Then after that conversation, just a few days later, he sees some stuff going on in the temple. And he clears that out. And it ain't just a, hey guys, I think you need to get on out of here. <laughs> this really isn't proper here right now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he's flipping tables. He's got rope and he's whipping them out of the temple because whose temple is it? It's his daddy's. This is my daddy's house. It is a house of prayer, not a merchandise. You've got to be gone. He gets them out. A few days later, I think it's in, I'm not sure what chapter it is, chapter 3. This is really, really cool. I, can't, I just love this scene. It, it's after hours, alright? So, Jesus is really starting to get a name for himself, okay? And so one of the guys, his name's Nicodemus, he's one of the paid guys. Alright? He comes after hours to seek out Jesus. He, he's actually coming after hours because he cannot be found out that he wants to know who Jesus is. And he knows who he is. That's why he's coming to him. And then Jesus starts telling him how to be reborn. How to have this spiritual renewing through Daddy. And He's telling Nicodemus how to obey. How to comply. How to follow the <laughs> commands of God the Father that Nicodemus knows well. He's just unsure about Jesus the Messiah. After hours. Man, the conversations how that would have looked. It's, it's actually where you see the, the most, I think it's probably the most seen verse across the world. It's in John 3.16. I'll just read it. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His Son, He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. That's what he was telling Nicodemus. It's through me. You no longer have to, Nicodemus. Maybe even called him Nico. <laughs> Nico, you no longer have to do all that stuff. My death, burial, resurrection is going to save you. He said, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. He's talking about Himself. But anyone who does not believe has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. They've already been judged. So everyone through Jesus who is from God the Father 
and the obeying is complying and listening and deciding that Jesus is who He says He is. Amen. And that starts to change your life. And he goes on, got just a couple more, says in, in chapter 5, and we're about to get to, to 6 here. He says, I tell you the truth. Listen to how many times in this verses here that He says listen and hear. Alright? This is in chapter 5, verse 24. You don't have to go there. He says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message. What's his message? You come through me to the Father. If you want through the Father, you come to the Father through me. And believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. Gang, so when you start whipping yourself, you just turned yourself into God. Jesus is not condemning you anymore. God is not condemning you anymore ever again. Penalty is paid, sealed, paid in full. Praise God. Amen. Incredible news. But they have already passed from death to life, and I assure you that the time is coming. And he says, indeed it's here now. When the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. He's talking about spiritual death. Those who hear, listen, means to digest it. I can hear stuff all day long, but have I digested it? And then after I've digested it, what am I doing with it? There is a decision to be made in everything that we hear, everything that we listen to and digest, then there is a decision point. Am I going to obey that? Am I going to comply with that? Or am I not? And so every moment that there is this wrestling match with you going on, it's your will versus God's will. You're not, you're not alone. You're in great company. Go to John 6. John 6, verse 38. So we've seen all the stuff that's been going on. Jesus says in this moment, John 6, verse 38, says, I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Now, gang, what he's doing, I'm going to put this paper up here. What he's saying, he's saying, look, I've come down to do what God desires, the will. It's like a living will. All guys, I hope all men in here and ladies that uh, that are living, that you have a living will. Will and testament. Living will. So we're going to pretend that this is a living will. Okay? And so what Jesus is saying, He's saying, look, I've come to do God's will, not mine. So there's two wills that are going. And Jesus has them right there. And so Jesus is saying, I've come to do God's, not mine. We don't have the time, but I wonder what Jesus' was. Part of it was not to go through what He went through because He said, Lord, if there's any other way to do this of me going on that cross, I would love for this cup to pass. He said, but Father, not my will. Look, not my will, but Yours. That's what He's going to do. That's what He did, right? And so let's keep going. He said, and this is the will, this is the desire of God that I would not lose even one of all of those He has given me but that I should raise them up the last day. For it is my Father's will, and all that who see His Son and believe in Him should have eternal life, and I'll raise them up on that last day. Is Jesus' obeying in this? Here's His will. He said, I've come to do His. 
Not mine. Is his based out of fear or love in that moment? You can say your answer within you, but then rationalize, or not rationalize, but then determine what the basis of your answer is. If, it, if it's fear, gang, I'm not too sure that's the answer. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty doggone sure that there was no fear in Jesus of His Father, of His Abba, of His Daddy, and obeying Him and complying with Him and command. Was He fearful of the thought of going through it? Absolutely. I, I can go there with you. But fearful of Daddy? No way. Never. Never. And so whenever we have that fear of a bashing down, we're, 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 we're with the wrong daddy. That's not the right daddy. Okay? So what's your will? Here, if you're anything like me, I'm gonna, here, here's, a, here's a day for old Bilbo. I'm going to skip down just for a second. This, up here, if you can see this, it's the royal law. It says in James 2, it says, It is good when you obey, comply the royal law as found in the Scriptures. And that says, love your neighbor as yourself. It's the royal law. So what if that here's God's will? Alright? But if you're anything like me, I get up in the, in the morning and I go, alright, what am I going to do today? And I start writing them babies out. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to start. Here's my day. Here's my day. And I'm even submitting Proverbs 16 under it where it says, Submit your plans to God and they'll succeed. And, and so, I've got all my plans written out. And there it is. Boy, and I've even kind of got it christened up with a little Scripture to make sure it looks real good. Good boy, Daddy's going to be happy with that. And man, I got it all down there and I go, look at that. And so I got my wheel up there and Daddy goes, here's my wheel. Here's my wheel. I go, but Daddy, I got Proverbs 16 on it, man. <laughs> Starting to bait with him. He goes, here's my wheel. Now, gang, close your eyes. Listen to what His will for us is. It's His royal law. He says, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to this and let it sink in. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Edify one another. Instruct one another. Accept one another. Have concern for one another. Carry one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Submit to one another. Agree with one another. Teach one another. Encourage one another. Build each other up. Live in peace with one another. Be kind to each other. Encourage one another. Spur one another towards good deeds. Confess sins to one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Serve each other. Show humility to one another. Fellowship with one another. It could go on and on. You can open your eyes. So, gang, hang in here with me.
I really, you know, sometimes we get so tangled up. And God, do you want me to take X job? God, do you want me to do X? Lord, do you want me to move to Montana? I'm pretty sure his answer to that to me is no. <laughs> you, you see where I'm going? It's my doing. I, I believe with everything in me anymore that God says, I'm with you wherever you go. Take that job if that's the one you want. Here's my royal law. Just wherever you go, just do that. Wherever you are, just do this. Give up. Go to Des Moines. Do, do that. It's, it's my will, son. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Y'all are great. So what does that mean for us? We, now we've kind of chewed on some stuff here tonight, right? What's your will tomorrow? Who will you hear and listen to and digest? Yes. Daddy. Then you will be obeying. Then you'll be complying. To Daddy. Abba. Father. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's a good, good father. I want everybody to stand up. I have copies of these up here if you want one. It's his will. Lord, have your will be done. Uh, this is the moment where we typically commune. <laughs> I just want to remind us what this means. Okay? It means that we are family. And all of our family members are not here. But the family members that are here that have said yes to Jesus, we commune with one another. I would love for two people to come up. I love this deal. I'm going to grab it. I especially would love for someone that has ever benched themselves from holding the cup and the bread because of any past actions. If that's you, I would love for you to step out within your family in the most safest place ever and hold the cup or the bread. Here. I'm sure going to do it. Come on. Praise the Lord. Bring that to me. Bring it personally. I hold the wine, babe, because right. I know it's his blood. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Who wants to hold the bread? Or change it. Come on. 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 Crazies. <laughs> it's a blast to hang out with them. Father, thank you that there's a people in this room that understand and perform your will at great lengths. Father, thank you that we get to live life with one another in such a way that it is obedient and compliant to how you would love us to live. And therefore, that makes it great. So we love you. We, uh, we thank you for the blood of Christ and his body and the resurrection that gives us eternal life and gives us power to motor through the day. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.